Five, four, three, two, one. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Moon Tea Podcast. You know who John and Hugh are. Today we're joined by Heather. Heather, what's your last name? McNutt Kessner. You heard it here first. <laughs> uh, uh, Heather and I know each other because, because my girlfriend's ex-boyfriend was good friend is good friends with Heather's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So the girlfriends stayed together. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I was like, I was like, hey Heather, want to be on the podcast? You have cool stuff to talk about. You're a friendly person. Also, we need someone on the podcast for this week. So. <laughs> <laughs> all all important qualifying factors. I ha- I had to go through a rigid application process actually, so I passed. Um, and yeah, Heather does cool stuff and she also does cool stuff on the side. Heather, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, totally. So I'm Heather. I currently live in Beaverton, Oregon. I'm a native Oregonian. So I love all things PNW, um, hobbies include kind of like musical theater kind of stuff too. So I have a little extra flair on the side. Um, and what I do for work is I currently work at Columbia Sportswear Company. So I um, specialize in our global learning and leadership development, basically just making our people better because, uh, you know, innovation comes from people first. And so on the side, uh, I used to do career development work back when I was in college. And so uh, when the pandemic hit, I thought, shoot, um, what if I get laid off? <laughs> <laughs> and I had a passion to be writing resumes, which is something I used to be doing um, part time. And so now I um, I signed up for an account on Fiverr and it kind of hit off. And so now I'm a uh, part time, full time freelance resume writer as well. And I do a lot of additional things that clients randomly ask me to do on, on top of that, too, not just resumes. Wow. Fiverr entrepreneur. Yep. Yeah, but if you want me to write a Tinder bio, that was a recent request, so I'll, I'll also do that. <laughs> this is we amazing. Found the balance between uh, good guy, not too douchey. Oh. <laughs> he has a lot of plants. I said that was a, a selling point for him. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you talk to your clients on the phone typically? Um, so yeah, I, I did phone consultations a lot, and that was pretty nice because I think a trend for people applying for jobs is, is pretty interesting. Um, one was uh, a lot of clients just didn't have enough confidence in themselves. So I would do phone consultations um, to get a little bit of background and context behind some of their work, because I think people just forget to like bring up the things they really should be bragging about on their resumes. So I would pull out some of the metrics or achievements if they're like, oh yeah, I guess I kind of did that. Um, but those phone conversations ended up just kind of turning into more of like a, Hey, you do realize like you're more qualified than you think. Um, and you should actually be applying for a job. That's maybe, um, you know, a level up than, than what you're looking at right now. So I really do like connecting with clients one-on-one, but it got tricky with, um, international folk finding the right time. And when I was getting too many orders, I, I decided to just, uh, take a break from the phone consultations, even though, you know, I do appreciate the human connection. We, we stick to the message board. 
Who was your most memorable client and why was it the stripper? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've had a few memorable clients. I had somebody win like Nickelodeon awards. You know, I had quite a few like execs or like startup founders of cool things. Um, but my favorite obviously was I worked on a stripper's resume. And so she came to me and was like, hey, I've got no resume, shocker here, but uh, she was trying to find a stripping job in the middle of a pandemic. She was like, the market is tough. Uh, I think a resume will help me out. And I was like, heck yeah, you're absolutely right. I think a resume will help you stand out. Um, so she, because she's in the entertainment industry, I advised her to, um, attach a photo to her, her resume. And, you know, we, she gave me a few options. She was like cleavage, no cleavage. I was like cleavage. Um, and she actually followed up pretty quickly. She did get the job. They were impressed. She's a stripper with uh, a pretty clean looking resume. So she was all for it. And I actually ended up following up with her after she got that job to update her resume again. So she was all for it. Wow, you're doing good things in this world. That's actually awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't realize what a confidence booster it would be for people to have another person with a more objective lens, see what you're doing and being able to put that in the right words um, to uh, as something that would resonate with the recruiter or really show and demonstrate the impact behind what they do. Wow. How did you end up at, at figuring out that you like writing resumes? Yeah, well, when I joined college, I was like annoyingly pragmatic freshman, and I knew that I oh one wanted of those <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah. But did you have a five year I, I, plan know. written out too? Oh. <laughs> oh, don't yeah. Well, four year. <laughs> oh, I thought you were um, like ten. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, I, I went to college with. Uh, pretty serious mindset of like, I'm going to college to get a job more than it. And kind of the curiosity behind my studies and whatnot came with it as well. But uh, pretty much negative day, negative one, when I was touring, uh, they didn't show us the career development office. In, and so I followed up with a second tour to meet them. And when I was a freshman, I, I bugged them enough times that I was like, hey, you know, let me know when you're hiring because I want to be hired as a career development specialist there. And so they have students that help um, in their office and, and help with their programming. And they had a few students help with writing resumes and they had a few students help with like mock interviews even. So I got to the point where I was uh, a student and still in a career development specialist for students that were maybe older than me. Um, helping them write up and edit their resumes. So obviously I, I got trained through there on all the resume writing rules. And uh, that's one way that I market myself on Fiverr because I've got competition of people saying, hey, I'm from Harvard, I'll write your resume. You know, and I say, hey, I know the modern millennial take on resume writing. I know, you know, the ATS system or I know the, um, you know, what recruiters are actually looking for. They don't want to, you know, a lot of them don't want to read your objective statement or something like that, right? So um, that, that was something that I could bring to the table was try and actually play off that, hey, you know, I am younger, but I can give you a fresh look. Wow. Okay. All right. 
this is amazing. So this is <laughs> the beginning of the most lucrative fiber resume shop ever. Oh, <laughs> I got overwhelmed with like the order. So I kept upping my price, like expecting somebody would uh, stop <laughs> for sure. But I think another thing, you know, is I, I have a communications degree. So, um, and in fact, one of those degrees, I have two in communication, one's in more journalism. And so I learned like really rigid AP style book writing where mm -hmm. you can say uh, more with less. Um, and so clean writing is kind of ties in really well to, to what resumes are all about. And I think just a natural curiosity or being snoopish perhaps, uh, is a good way to get into resume writing as well. If you think it's kind of interesting to be like, Ooh, what's this person up to? What's their career journey? If you find yourself being that person on LinkedIn, then maybe you should look into writing resumes too. Wow. Know, you don't want people to compete with you. <laughs> Just kidding. It all sucks. <laughs> and there's like, bring don't it on. You can't beat me. Don't call yourself a millennial. I'm the whole market. <laughs> Gen Z, and, uh, get out. <laughs> Gen Z, get out. Whole nother writing style, I'm sure. No. And, and, what, and what is, I'm curious, what is the handle for yeah, Fiverr? Yeah, so, uh, you know, on Fiverr, I'm Heather MK Resume. Uh, but I, I hope to expand to my own business, which I would shorten that just to MK Resume. Ah. So I've got a domain name, and that's where we're at right now. Ooh, well done. That's awesome. That's definitely in the right direction. Yeah, I, I actually started it um, when I was on vacation to San Francisco and had to pull an all-nighter to get the orders done. <laughs> so Jonah was there with me and he was very patient as I slept in on our vacation day because I <laughs> didn't realize I would actually receive orders from people. <laughs> Jonah is Heather's boyfriend. Mm -hmm. uh, so what is, so it seems like, it seems like this is something you really like doing, like working with people and helping develop their career and uh, just just like connecting with people and like helping them have confidence in themselves. Yeah. What, what do you see as kind of the medium and long-term vision of what this could be? Yeah, totally. Well, um, it's kind of an interesting because, you know, you don't look at yourself at being an entrepreneur, right? Because I always thought of that as like, the dude with like the sweet family trust fund that was like, Hey, I'm going to think of an idea. I'm going to like think really hard and I'm going to come up with like a sick idea and then I'm going to make like tons of money off of it, you know? And instead it was kind of me just being like, this is, you know, something I'm lacking that I wanted to do. And now it has exponentially grown to a level that I can't handle. I had to hire someone and I could easily hire several other someones. Um, and frankly, you know, because the work has grown, I've always been more of a high level person anyway. So I would love to have other writers for me. And that, that would be the vision, right? Is to um, look at the MK resume at a high level business approach and um, still have global clients, but have them kind of come to my team and be able to manage them that way. So, you know, I think the vision is more, you know, not something that I started with and it's something I just kind of being naturally came to be. It's either this, this crashes and burns, I crash and burn from, <laughs> from, from getting, receiving too many orders um, or, you know, it grows. 
visionary. So if anybody anybody likes to write resumes, I'm hiring. <laughs> That's amazing. Right, so just uh, refresh me. So you said something about is this your full time job now or part time side gig that's becoming no. a full time or it's a side gig so i i work and i love my job so you know i'm not looking to exit that out but it's kind of similar to what john was saying where you're you're, you're supporting other folks so you're you're thinking about their their career development and growth so i work on global learning and leadership development at columbia sportswear so um, that marries some of my other passions as well, whether I'm facilitating, um, you know, orientation programs or whether I'm um, running, a, you know, a global program to help create, create a culture of learning um, at the company. Um, it it kind of ties in with uh, some of those interests as well. So that's what I'm still up to. All right. So I've never heard of a title of global. What was it? Learning, learning and, and leadership development. Okay. Yeah, totally. I didn't know what it was either. I studied communications. I thought I'd be marketing because that's like a word that I knew. <laughs> um, <laughs> but essentially, you wear a lot of hats. So there's usually a learning and development specialist. Um, we tacked on the word leadership because we have specific programs for executives. But essentially, you wear a facilitation hat, you build programs, you execute programs, um, and you socialize them globally. So you get to have a lot of um, different things and areas of the company that you get to have your, your hands in on, but giving hopefully giving everyone a more equitable experience in terms of providing them with the tools and skills and capabilities they need to focus on their career development, which ultimately benefits the company. Oh, that's amazing. So you, you mainly focus on, on more managers, managerial and up type seats for? No, we, we actually um, are pretty equitable. And some of the programs I run uh, were some of the first that touched employees at all levels. So when I first came in, we're a pretty small team, as you can imagine, corporate dollars go where um, the corporate receives the dollars, right? But um we, we first had like situational leadership classes. Um, we, we gauged areas of the business where we thought they needed support and also provided direct insight for specific teams that were needing it. So it was a mix of like enabling leaders, putting out fires for teams. Um, when I joined, it was more about, okay, we were able to do that. What's the next step? And it's about equitable um, opportunities for learning and career development. So we have like foundational company capabilities that we, um, you know, help employees learn how to have their own learning and development plan, for example, and, and that kind of thing. So um, I, I get to do uh, not just work at the higher level, but with, with all of our employees, and we expand it to our, our retail too, not just corporate. Wait, you're telling me that employees have the ability or are supposed to find their own learning trajectories and not just be told what they should be learning and growing into? <laughs> yeah, it turns out. And in fact, we provide them I don't resources to figure out how to do that. <laughs> what is this Yeah, even don't mean? you love it when companies are like, you run your own career, we're hands off and um, <laughs> we don't actually give you the resources. Well, we try and do some of that. That's actually super cool. That's very important too. I mean, I, I've had a few gigs in my time and a few of them, it definitely was difficult 
I remember struggling a lot, especially my first few jobs just out of college. I was so new to everything and felt a bit lost. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not the happiest. I don't know how to communicate. I'm just a bundle of like, oh, blah, 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 you know? (laughs) (laughs) Where was your team when I was growing? (laughs) When I was your age, I was oh, blah, 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 you know? (laughs) Oh, blah, 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 blah. That's cool. Do you have, so in that train of thought though, just with anybody in this equitable ability to disseminate information to empower people uh, that are in the workforce, what are some of maybe one, two or three key points or takeaways you might have if you have any that you think would be beneficial to anyone listening to the one? Yeah, in terms of just kind of furthering your own career development, that kind of thing. Yeah, Yeah, I, I would say one is uh, ask smart questions. Whenever you're an intern, use that intern card because you know people take it easy on you. And so I, I had the opportunity to have a global HR summit that I attended where our CEO was answering questions and everyone was giving him softballs um, because he's our CEO and you got to kind of uh, you know, you don't, you don't want to offend anyone in front of a big group, but I, you know, I was able to kind of ask him a harder question, which I don't even remember what the question was now, but everyone else does. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, so that's feedback that I receive sometimes is, um, you know, typically I'm the youngest in the room. I'm the least experienced in the room. I, ha- I understand that I totally don't have the answers, but I've done my research and I might have a good question that others haven't considered. So that's gotten me pretty far in the work that I do. So I would say that's number one. Um, And number two would be um, be up for anything and also recognizing the point when you're not the person that's up for anything and you've actually got specific skills. So I I think it it takes a little bit of uh, taking on a lot of extra responsibility at, at first in your career and, and kind of being like, yeah, you know, nobody else wants to do this. I'll do that. Um, and if you can find some joy in doing what nobody else wants to do, that's where um, I've gotten a lot of extra responsibility and a lot of free reign because everyone's like, ew, you know, I, I work on a very right brain creative team. And so when I work on, you know, when nobody wants to do something slightly left brain, I take it on. And they're like, oh my God, wow, you're great. I would never want to do that, you know? <laughs> so I think that's that's helpful for someone early in their career as well. Oh, that's amazing. Heather, can I just say you deserve all the career success you've had so far? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so tell, tell my boss that and tell her to <laughs> give me that for my paycheck too. <laughs> Anyone at Columbia, if you're listening. Tell them. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of a topic change because so far it seems like Heather is all hustle and all 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 gains. Yeah, getting (laughs) getting to the next rung on the ladder, but that is that is not the case. Uh, She does tons of really cool outdoorsy stuff. Uh, I think you are out like you are out of the house like every weekend. Yeah, for for the the last month or two, where it was a little tiring. So uh, Hugh, you ask questions, but she does tons of really cool outdoorsy stuff. And also we're going uh, uh, rafting, whitewater rafting on Saturday. Just like four four people in one raft, like 
but yeah we got john on the level five rapids you know we're gonna be flinging wow. him off the boat i wish no. <laughs> i wish i want to I wanna wear a helmet oh, yeah. <laughs> it was nice we'll, knowing we'll you hardcore next time. <laughs> wow yeah, that's tell- so cool oh my god you know john's always like i'm gonna do this i'm like no i'm just kidding i want to i want to yeah. get out more i i've arizona has been been great but time to adventure COVID's coming off. Out in, in Arizona. And it's um, not too bad. You've got like Flagstaff. I wonder. <laughs> yeah, I hear Flagstaff is cool. Yeah, I, I actually learned kind of some of my love for the outdoors, even though I'm a PNW native. I didn't grow up in a family that camped or hiked or anything. And so I, I studied abroad and realized like how gorgeous the environment is around you and how much more interesting that can be than just like hopping from city to city and it's kind of all the same like maybe a good restaurant here or there but that can't compare to like pure gliding off of a volcano or you know crazy stuff like that so have you done that uh, i came back to oregon yeah i did in ecuador and i went through a maybe sketchy um business to do it but it was a great price (laughs) so it was very fun (laughs) worth it did you not do it did you not do it through university? No, no. I did pretty much everything on my own. The only, I did get to go to the Amazon and that was through my university. I'm actually wearing a Galapagos shirt today. So I did that as well. Oh, nice. When I went. Are you scuba certified? No, I'm not, but, but Jonah is actually. Yeah. No. So my school had scuba certifications and um, I would have to do it at the Puget Sound in Washington to get certified. Mm. And, uh, you know, I like certain levels of discomfort, but I don't like being cold in water. <laughs> so that, gotcha. that was not one of them. I'll nice. be on top That's so of the cool. water. So what, so, so you've been traveling every weekend. Is this something that, is this like a bucket list thing or just been a, a, just a, is this a thing you just do as a habit or is this a, I want to do this every week type New York resolution? Uh-huh. What, what, why? Um, it kind of just turned into, um, when COVID lifted, I just had a lot of things that, well, some restrictions lifted, I should say, um, I just had a lot of things that I wanted to do on the list. And we had some friends that were also um, outdoorsy enablers. So between the two of us, um, Oregon State Parks had just reopened their applications to um, cabins, yurts, tent spots. And because they had just reopened it, it it was uh, the the next six months all at once. So we booked quite a few, our friends booked quite a few spots. And it turned out being, oh my God, we're busy every weekend. We've, we're going camping somewhere. This is amazing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, so very enjoyable. And, and, and Jonah doesn't have any PTO, so it has to be the weekends for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jonah, come on, man. No, just kidding. I know, I know. He's killing my vibe. <laughs> killing my vibe. <laughs> I, I'm curious. So I, I'm actually a dreadful planner. I'll be very honest <laughs> with that. I'm, I'm curious if, as you say, you're more left brain oriented or possibly organized. Is there any type of methodology or something you just might have a to-do list or is there something more to it? Oh, well, um, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because I think uh, my group likes to think I'm the type A um, and it's really not true. Um, I don't necessarily like to plan. It's more of like I'm organized because how else could I? Because no one else like is doing it. Be... it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, kind of. I know. 
Oh, geez. Give me some more credit, people. Come on, friends. Um, what you doing? <laughs> Heather's pulling the team on her back. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think it's just um, I'm, I'm that type of personality where I want to do the research. And so it's, it's almost like, you know, picking the whitewater rafting site. I knew that if I picked it, I know that we got the best spot, the best deal, the best company, you know. So it's oh. kind of just like. Uh, the real lesson to take away is if you're somebody like me is knowing when to stop researching, you know, mm. stop planning and writing out options and um, just pick the right one. So, um, you know, I, I definitely have like a lot of things I like to use, like all trails for hiking. Mm. Um, you know, if for traveling, I like Nomadic Matt's blog. He's got a lot of stuff for like backpacking in different countries and stuff like okay. that. Mm. So he's got a lot of good stuff. I use um, Trip Hopper, I think it's called, or just Hopper um, to know when to buy flights. So just having a lot of tools at the ready and then just having everything written out. Because I think, honestly, for my well-being, I have to know what we're going to do. And, um, you know, every, every trip and or, or outdoor excursion requires a level of spontaneity, but um, you know, like when I was in Europe, I was passing two hour lines because I had researched earlier how to, you know, find the other entrance or what time of day to go that everyone thinks they're closed. Right. Yeah. So it's that kind of stuff that, that makes it pay off. Oh, wow. That's actually, that's, but, like, that's but, a good tip. Yeah. I save a little time for spontaneity too, because that's always the most fun moments and how you accidentally find yourself in like an interesting place. And you, you know, you truly can't schedule every minute of every day anyway. So you always have time for that too. Can you tell us a story about one of your spontaneous, interesting places that you ended up? Oh, uh, well, one, one spontaneous, interesting place I ended up being was um, in Europe. I, I don't even know if I should say this on the internet, but I accidentally found myself uh, in this in a museum that I, I didn't even get entry for and I ended up having to go back to the front and um, explain what happened and, and get a ticket but I um, had like passed this whole group of people and and was not even planning to go to that museum so it was pretty rad because um, it was something that I would have signed up for if I had I had uh, realized but I was just kind of wandering around um, and in Prague, I, I saw the Prague castle and was like a little bit unimpressed with the crowds. And so I started wandering and found myself at these gardens that was almost totally isolated, a multi-level garden uh, with somebody playing like the cello or something in the middle. And I looked it up online later and, and realized like a lot of um, celebrities in different Asian countries um like that is the go spot and it's just like a lot of american or european tourists didn't know about it and neither did i it didn't pop up on any of my searches so why why was someone playing the cello i don't know but it was Asian part people? of the ambiance i actually think somebody was setting up for a wedding oh. um but i don't know because why was somebody playing the cello but i didn't see the chairs at, yeah <laughs> maybe it was just part of the experience that's amazing. So some, something that I'm curious about and is when you've traveled to all these different countries on the topic of community and, and culture, what are mm -hmm. some things that might have stood out to you that you 
thought were interesting or culture shock buys or you know oh, anything oh yeah sure um well first of all when i was in you know growing up my family didn't travel so we sometimes went to another state if somebody died situation and you went to their funeral <laughs> um but you know we didn't travel a ton there was definitely nothing abroad and so I realized in high school that I could apply for scholarships to travel instead. So one of the very first trips I got to go on, um, I was it was defunded, funded by the U.S. Department of State called United, uh, what was it, uh, something Youth Leadership Program, where I got to live in Samoa for a month. And the purpose there was to kind of be kind of an ambassador, like a student ambassador, but also um, really understand the food insecurity and the, and the, and the culture over there and, and come to appreciate that. And so I lived with the host family and there was a, it's amazing just all the little things that culture shock is. I think you hear the word culture shock and you're like, wow, you think everything at once is going to hit you. Um, but you know, culture shock is actually kind of more of like a W shape where you're like, this is amazing. Oh my God, everything's hard to understand. And this is amazing. And then it's hard. I'm close to the end of the trip and then I'm at the end of the trip. So it's awesome again. Um, and I think for that trip, I was just like always amazed by some of the rules that I learned, like you can't eat while you're walking. That's really rude. So I would, you know, pluck a fruit off a tree and then continue on my way while munching on it and be stopped and told I couldn't do that or you barbarian um, it, <laughs> I know um and I'm very much of like an eat on the go person so that was a habit I had to break and um just the pace of life was different of course I mean if you if you passed like an older person you have had to um bow and say something like manuia or, or, or something some like give them your respects and so sometimes you'd be in a marketplace where you'd like bow like 20 times before you got to the stall that you wanted to get to it's actually amazing um, I kind of like that <laughs> we should do that <laughs> I like that yeah I, I agree we're definitely to youth culture here in the U.S. that's how I'm making you know revenue off of my my business I wonder I'm you know I'm marketing myself to be uh, having youthful current knowledge, right, of the industry. Hmm. Um, but I think the, the the funniest thing there was, well, you know, um, be because the, they're they're larger people and they saw me and they were like, oh, you know, we need to we need to get some meat on this girl's bones. And so the only Samoan phrase I ever still have memorized is. Uh, Moana Fafatai, which means I'm full. Thank you. <laughs> so, That's really good. You know, I was <laughs> I was starting to learn that I I couldn't eat certain foods um, for my health for health reasons, and and learning about how for uh, you know universally food is is the way to connect with other people, and that was pretty much true anywhere I went. So so having to learn how to reject food but still stay connected with another person is um just something i had to learn so did you stay with the host family when you were there yeah i stayed with uh, the host family and i stayed with the host family when i was abroad in ecuador as uh, well for a longer time i think samoa is really interesting because i don't know anyone who has visited samoa Hugh, do you know anyone like there's I, no direct flight there <laughs> 
it's it's an American territory, right? Yeah, so there's a part of Samoa, most of Samoa is, and then they have a part that, that isn't as well. Would you recommend visiting? And if so, what are your, your hot tips on how to have a good time in Samoa? Oh, cool. Well, in Samoa, I think um, you should visit if you're not here just to be a tourist. Um, you know, a lot of things you see in uh, you know, maybe you want to go to Hawaii and you want to like hit up all the tourist attractions. Well, um, Samoans and Hawaiians are very different people, very different cultures, right? But I think if you're you're going for um, a new island type of experience, then why not check out another island that um, maybe they would uh, want you there? <laughs> you know, maybe it's a little less less touristy or, or built up. So. Um, obviously the Hakka is super cool and Samoans also do the Hakka. So, um, getting to, to watch some Islanders do the Hakka or do their traditional fire dances is super cool. And I think that was a highlight of my trip, but also if you're just looking to relax and have people tell you it's literally embedded in their, their cultural taboos to slow the heck down, then that's a good place to go for that as well. And um, they also got me into coconut water ever since I am a big coconut water fan. And um, they actually don't let women like climb coconut trees. It's like suggestive or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd, I'd have to get a guy to go climb up the coconut tree to give me a coconut to drink. <laughs> let, let the guy be suggestive. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. What that's uh culturally that is amazing yeah. it's just so different <laughs> well and i had to wear a lava lava which is like um big fabric is kind of like your skirt or something that the men and the women both wore it and um you know if you tied it the wrong way then that was suggestive too you know <laughs> or if i put my flower on the wrong side they all laughed at me because it meant i was married and they knew i wasn't because i was like <laughs> you know 17 or something oh my goodness this is amazing <laughs> yeah so just try you know wherever you go be be respectful and and try don't you know try and learn some of this stuff beforehand so so you don't have people laughing at you too much Heather is there anything about you that uh you want to share to our one or two listeners or mm. or a question that we want do you want to like scare this in any way Wow, dear one or two listeners, what what should you know? Um, I like this. This is the first time this opportunity has ever been given to anyone on the show. Oh, <laughs> where wow, to steer the gondola? <laughs> <laughs> um, geez, I I wouldn't know where to start. I think um, well, I think one thing is uh to know is I'm a twin. I think that. That's usually my fun fact that I like to throw out there. Um, Identical or? We're fraternal. Fraternal? Yeah. So she's actually, so, you know, I mentioned that I take on some of the, the left brain stuff at work, but I'm actually very right brained and creative. Um, and she's the, the left brained introvert. I'm the right brain extrovert. So we're actually like kind of a yin and yang situation. We kind of uh, complete each other. We're the whole brain together. <laughs> Is she the one that that makes cake? No, my older sister makes cake. My twin made the shrimp dish, which you might want to try. Uh, 
She's also a great cook. I'm a bad cook. I mean, there's a lot of comparisons we can make here. <laughs> She's great at math. I'm bad at math. You know, I like to uh, do public speaking. She would uh, rather die. I don't know. Not. <laughs> so. Ignorant question, but refresh me again. Difference between identical and fraternal. So fraternal just means that you you look different. You're not like identical is like Dylan and Cole Sprouse or like Mary Kate and Ashley. So fraternal, she's, you know, she doesn't share the same, whatever the science stuff is, <laughs> but um, we have, you know, different blood types and she's oh. taller than me, brown hair, brown eyes. Curious. So you might not know it at first. And I think there's going to be more twins these days because a lot more people are having children later and then they do treatments um, to make them more fertile and that just, you know, produces more twins. So we had, I had, I was at a small school with like maybe 50 kids in my class and there were five sets of twins. So Wait, what? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So 10% of the kids were a twin in my middle school class. Wow. Wow. We had quads at our school in high school. They're known as the Whoa, quads. <laughs> yeah. I have not met a quad before. Wow. No, that's, that's pretty, pretty incredible. Nice. Wasn't there, yeah, there was there, wasn't there that story a few years back where someone did IVF, uh, IVF and they had octo, like eight kids? <laughs> or, oh my yeah. goodness. Wow. I don't know if I could handle that. I don't know how your body handles that either. <laughs> how do you push that many prams? I don't know, man. <laughs> I do not know. Yeah, my mom always gave me crap because I um, was born 30 minutes after my sister. She was like, that was too long. <laughs> it was because most twins are like four to six minutes apart, maybe. God, Heather, first you eat food while walking on the street. And now you're 30 minutes. Come on. The gall, the gall. <laughs> the gall. <laughs> Shun. And, and, you, and you browse around the museum without paying That's but then right. you paid later <laughs> dreadful so i didn't want i didn't want some like foreign arrest situation i don't know <laughs> that's amazing wow okay so we're just talking to a rebel you should have just introduced heather as a rebel john come on yeah yeah well you know i call myself resident badass um <laughs> definitely wasn't an ra in college i'm just trying to live it up now you know she was an ra in college Trying to get let go of that reputation. Getting found out. <laughs> I bet she was the RA that goes to the rooms and it's like, you want this party shut down? Cool, you can pay me a tax. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, I should have, shouldn't I? Like that we had be one, one guy. ramen packet, please. Yeah, one, we had one guy had that we'd go to parties and uh, you would know that the parties would go that night because he was the one on duty and then he'd oh, stop yeah. by everyone and he would take taxes. I was like, wow, you've really figured out this RA position, haven't you? I wonder how popular he was. The, the funny thing is, if anybody reported him, he would have lost his job. So they had equal, if not greater leverage <laughs> against that guy. Yeah, nice. no, I guess it worked out well. Hey, the symbiotic relationship sometimes, they work. Yeah, well, Hugh, were you a party guy? What did you do in, in college? Yeah, I was, on the, I was on the swim team, <laughs> so we were. Oh, nice! What do you call it when a sorority and a frat mix? 
I don't know. There's like a mixed uh, word. Um, I feel like that's a bad knock-knock joke or something. I think it's a <laughs> co-ed fraternity. Cool. Well, we didn't have fraternities. We were a small liberal arts school, but instead mm-hmm. the swim team had our own, you know, guys and girls team and then the different sport teams that kind of like hop yeah. around. Yeah. Team small that's... liberal arts school. I'm with you. Delightful. Yeah, there's actually one of the coolest things I never was we had we had underground frats that weren't part of it. And I got I like did <laughs> one evening's worth of hazing. And it was just like chugging a fifth or something. But not not all on my own. But it was, it was like, it was cool. But one of my really good friends that was in it that had invited me and I just kind of like didn't complete it. Every weekend or every other weekend, they would do something called. Uh, oh, man, it was like beer baseball. And, and this is going to sound very baseball. fratty, but I was like, this is actually an amazing game that people play. And so they would go to the baseball fields on a weekend in the morning. They would play baseball. And every time you get a hit, you'd have to like chug a beer. Of course, this is centered around drinking. Nice. <laughs> but the way in which to dispute an action or if there was a tie at the base, you would have to wrestle. <laughs> it, was, it was so funny Wait, who, are the, like, who are the two people or is it just the entire team versus the entire team it, it, it could turn into an entire team thing if it happened but usually it would be if the person <laughs> caught the ball and it's a dispute and it's a tie goes to the runner they're like no and then they like fun argue and then they're like all right let's settle this and then they throw down yeah it was barbaric lie, it was that great pretty fun yeah it was really then, fun to watch <laughs> There's probably the one person who like wrestled competitively in high school who ruins it for everyone else. Right? Yeah. He's like, Damn it, Jimmy! <laughs> Dude, sit this one out. Yeah. All right, Jimmy. All right. Well, we'll all just drink. Okay, you win. You win. Yeah. I recently yeah. learned a game called Beersby when I went camping last weekend, where you put like a big stick in the ground on either end, and you um, have a, a can balancing on top and you throw your frisbee and if you hit the stick and the can falls the person on the other team is supposed to catch the can if they don't catch it you get a point and if you hit the can and knock it off and it isn't caught you get two points oh i like this yeah so it's a new new sport for those um it was taught to us by somebody that plays ultimate frisbee so he kind of annihilated us since my my frisbee tosses are Oh, so you two are like, it's like on the other on side. On either end, yeah. And you're trying to throw, you take turns throwing the Frisbee at one another. So it's kind of like, um, you know, you're taking a shot at each other, basically. Yeah. Kind of, maybe maybe like beer pong in yeah. a way, but a little more entertaining, I think. Now, That's are a, all the beer cans filled? <laughs> no, that would be a new challenge, wouldn't it? No, they're they're empty, so they go flying. Got you. So you have to finish that many beer cans before oh, you even start. Oh, but part of the rule actually is you have to have a drink in your hand. So it's harder to catch stuff. Uh, <laughs> got it. Got it. Yeah. Oh, I man. forgot that's the whole funny. like alcohol part of the game. <laughs> that's one of those games that when it gets brought up, it's one of those, you know, those people, you know, everyone does it every now and then. But if there's like a lull in a convo or something, you bring up a topic of conversation and you're like, so about mm-hmm. this. And it's like your forte. Or you try to like, some people try <laughs> to lead it. You like notice sometimes people who are super deep in a certain subject, that's like the one thing they like to talk about, or they'll always kind of like lead it there. But I feel like. Mm the ultimate frisbee guy i'm like i'm not surprised he let it there he's like oh you guys want to play beer frisbee oh i guess 
I don't know you about know. this game. I have both frisbees. Yeah, and I have twelve empty game? beers. <laughs> I bring it with me everywhere, but I didn't mean to start up. But I just, I just, oh yeah. Well, I'm like that person when you're on a road trip and I'm like, oh, we could like sing in the car. <laughs> <laughs> you want to like bring it back early 2000s? Everyone's like, <laughs> drums a little bit. <laughs> oh man, so, so, so funny thing. I'm back on the dating game. So I'm just going on some dates and meeting some nice hey, people that put up with my terrible humor. You write your Tinder bio. <laughs> hey, I don't have Tinder actually. I don't actually use Tinder. But uh, Hinge, mm. I'll throw that one out there. It's way better. Right. <laughs> and so with that, uh, what was that? Hmm? Oh, I said not, not sponsored. Mm-hmm. Not <laughs> but sponsored. If, but no, if you do no, want but, a uh... sponsor. <laughs> but if you do want an elegant UI with a much more modern take that is much more interpersonal and has a better hit rate on just like Ooh. being real people, it's much better <laughs> rather than just swiping. Because really? you can actually like, nice. I actually like the design of it. It's very intentionally designed. The tagline is designed to be deleted. So this is not a sponsored ad, but it's like kind of cool. Clever. I like that. And and you can actually like comment on each part of a, a bio. So it's kind of mm-hmm. more about the person, not just about looks, you know? Because yeah. it's, so, it's a mix of pictures and also like responding to prompts. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I really like it. It's the best one that I've seen so far. And it's beautifully designed as a designer. I'm like, okay, they did a good job. But but yeah, with with, with that, I totally forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, I remember. So you were saying, you know, you lead the combo to, so I, to singing in the car. So now there's actually a thing I've realized. I now have like three filter questions and three filter Uh questions. (laughs) They're nothing big. It's actually one, do you eat tomatoes? Two, do you eat onions? And three, are you okay with people whistling in the car? (laughs) Okay, so I'm assuming the third is that's on you, Hugh. What's the first two about? I don't know. I just like, I just find like if my mom can't cook you a meal and has to make a whole separate side <laughs> dish, I just uh-huh. don't think I really want to try. Mm, I hear you. I respect it. I respect ve- ve- vegan, vegans, vegetarians, tomato eaters, non-tomato eaters. Though that's that's where you draw the line. <laughs> but I just quietly, I'm just like, you know, you're great. <laughs> that's okay. I, that's I love a- people, but just not my relationship partners. You know, you know. <laughs> that's so funny because knowing knowing Hugh, he's referencing like really specific pain points from from a. Uh, previous girls that he's dated oh okay so this is like the relationship red flag was damn i, I knew all along she didn't like tomatoes <laughs> i should have known <laughs> no because I, I put up with i not put up but i like tried i was like sure maybe that would be okay i'll give it a shot you know don't hate it till you try it and, and then, what would you say are like your your red flags then like what's those, the, those are red flags. you know, like, not, you know, I'm for us, kidding. it's like, it's like the guy that has like a, a photo and fishing, like, is that your red flag? <laughs> it, it, no, I genuinely like, uh, the, there, I remember a few moments in my life where my heart has dropped. One of them was I, I once mm-hmm. just had a meal with a lady. We weren't even on a date. It was just like a, uh, Airbnb, there was a time when you can like just meet random people and just get meals. And this one I thought was cute. And I goes, you know, got a bit of butterflies when we just grabbed a meal. But, but she then said, I was like, oh, yeah, so how big's your family? And she's like, oh, yeah, every year we go back to the East Coast and we rent out a massive the town hall and all of my family members come. And I'm like, 
wait, how many family members do you have? And she's like, oh, maybe like a hundred. Wow. And I was like, and, and my, my face and my heart, I've never felt it just go, oh. like big families that's awesome I respect all of that that's super cool I come from a really small family like I I have a mom dad sister me and I don't have grandparents anymore like I have a cousin (laughs) and so the one I heard that oh I beat you I I have two I have two cousins darn it I just want (laughs) to be cool you know (laughs) and so the other thing is let's see I'll trade you that's one of them what about you we'll trade off Ooh, ooh, yeah you know i think if a guy's not willing to wear pink like not make that a part of his wardrobe oh that's a red flag to me like usually that's tied into some kind of like masculinity thing that i'm not here to worry about <laughs> huh. jonah we yeah, all know so you whenever jonah <laughs> well whenever i was gonna say whenever he wears pink i give a lot of positive reinforcement i'm like you look so good like yeah look at that <laughs> damn daniel like feeling absolutely yeah all right what about john, what's you, yours? john what do you got um he's just taking I, notes in the corner <laughs> <laughs> while i uh while i think about it i'm i'm curious why a family of a hundred was a turnoff for you, Hugh, because because it's it's out of that person's control, and also oh, it freaked me out. I didn't like, say it was a tur- like it, maybe not a red flag. That was just the first moment. Oh, hey, daddy, could you turn that back on? <laughs> the light. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. Is the <laughs> the I I I like none of them were like massive red X's like the big, mm-hmm. big, bold X's that cause an X. And, and you come to terms with it, of course, I think. But I definitely just remember that moment being, oh, I have fear. <laughs> Maybe, I mean, I can get over it, of course. But the biggest thought was, oh my God. Well, the cost of the wedding, though. Hard to remember <laughs> names. And, you know, like, how do I remember a hundred names? Oh my God. For the, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. I, be open to it i guess but i don't know i think my my second one would be guys that still live with their parents oh no i'm kidding (laughs) dad come here (laughs) 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 okay i'll take it on my chin that's actually the first thing i usually drop in a first date i'll just be like yeah you know my dad's 92 I live at home, like love oh, helping out, really? you know, like, wow. okay, I so hope that that's makes okay. Sense why you don't have like a ton of family members. Yeah. My dad's yeah. Uh, 76 now and I'm the oldest. I, I'm the, the person, person that I thought I had the oldest uh, parent out of my friends. <laughs> well, don't, we're not friends. So, you, you know, we haven't, we, we're not, you didn't be, Oh, <laughs> that's how it is. I Uh-oh. see. <laughs> Did I do that? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd say my red flag is girls that try and like establish the relationship too soon <laughs> are you putting on a label on it <laughs> friends uh so the one that i thought of was when a when a girl uh is not close with her parents mm-hmm. and i mean there's a lot of reasons why that could be the case so like maybe you just didn't grow up with a good family situation and that's like totally out of your control but it does suggest a lot about about 
just like, like how you grew up and if that was like a hectic environment or a loving environment and uh yeah it says a lot like about how you would approach relationships and um yeah i mean that one that one kind of sucks because a lot of the times it's like not in your control like if, if you have shitty parents but <laughs> that that's kind of like pretty telling for me like like it says it says a lot if if you grew up and you know all of our parents have faults but like if they tried their best like if they sincerely tried their best then like that says a lot yeah and and yeah unfortunately not everyone had that yeah I think I think that's a good one would you say kind of like in addition to that like what about um what about something that's like sibling relationships or like you know does that matter to you too then like do they you want them to be close with their siblings too um i feel like parents is a bigger tell for me because Mm -hmm. i mean siblings is obviously a part of it but then with parents it's like it's like they they set the example yeah they're they're the ones when like as a kid they're like no you can't do that what about setting the example for relationship then like is it is it something that you think is a good sign if the parents have a good relationship does that matter to you because if they're setting examples for the kid what about setting examples for how you show love to someone i mean uh yeah i mean this is all like this is all like there is a like this this would all be great right it would be like Mm-hmm. If parent, if the parents still love each other, if the parents are emotionally stable, don't have anything to prove, like yeah. all these things, and uh, I think with that much granularity, it's like it's hard. Like at some point, you have to be like, "All right, I accept this whole person." Yeah. Uh, sure. Or yeah. not? But, you know what they say? It's like yeah. you don't just marry the person; you marry their family too. And, and, mm, and true that. I think it's very true. Well, all of Jonah's cousins will sing in the car with me, so they've passed the test. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> I, I once dated a guy. The reason I ask is I dated a guy who um, had parents who um, he was like, oh, yeah, they're like the total role model of love and how to show love to your partner. Like, my, you know, my dad brings my mom, like, flowers every day, and he writes her love notes and surprises her. And so, you know, one time I went to meet the parents and realized that the dad also didn't uh, let his wife make decisions. And so, you know, I was dating the guy that was like, this is the ideal dynamic. And I was like, yeah, you didn't mention every part of their relationship there. Uh. (laughs) So, you know, it's definitely a balance of, I think you've got a better idea, John, where it's like, a stable parent dynamic and, and good expectations but you don't necessarily want them you know the parents to be modeling the relationship that you want to have it sounds like so that checks out yeah i mean there's also uh like again my my parents awesome uh gave it their best shot but they're also like flawed individuals and so there's there's some degree of like oh i'm i'm gonna try to do that a little bit differently Mm-hmm. Um, so totally out of out of curiosity what was that that uh like what what did you see where where, huh? 
where the dad did not make allow the wife to make decisions? Um, it was kind of just like um, even just everyday decisions. He clearly wanted to be the one calling the shot about like what are we eating, where are we driving, who's driving. Like he definitely wanted to be the one. Um, the man of the house yeah the man of the house in a way um yeah so i was like "Ooh, maybe i want more of like a symbiotic thing going on like a little more you know give and take and it seemed like this guy was like provide for the wife and then you know and her entire soul (laughs) (laughs) yeah as part of this family unit but i am i am the head honcho of yeah, oh, a little bit. So that was like a little bit of a surprise for me, but <laughs> wow. yeah. That's so curious. And, and and I suspect if the son was talking about his parents in such a way, it worked for them, but it was just, it's different for others. That's so curious. Yeah. And I'm sure it worked for him and another gal, you know, mm. that's some people are totally down for that dynamic, but I'm like, I like to feel like I have a valued opinion um because i'm i'm very quick to say if i really don't know what the hell i'm talking about usually um but that doesn't mean that's in every situation right or my opinion doesn't matter so that's that was kind of the vibes that they they gave Mm, off he would just kind of they would make vacation plans and he would cut her off you know it would definitely be his vision um so her her suggestions were very much not the not the choices that were were made so yeah wow. that's difficult and you, so. can, you can see that you can see that just from like one meal no no we oh god no we traveled together so it was a vacation uh, and i think you know you know if you travel with someone you usually figure out like who they are and what the dynamic is you know so i'm about to figure out who john really is when we go to bend oh shit <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah we, we spent enough time together that it's like you know you're in a slightly stressful situation how do they respond and his response was normally like blaming her and i was like you know just like the person there that was like you made the decision and you're blaming her for your choices <laughs> he's like you let me make this decision uh, <laughs> i don't know dude <laughs> that's dreadful that's so bad yeah yeah, it was okay though. I mean, you know, there was good. We were in San Francisco. There was good food and stuff. <laughs> you went on a vacation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're I think we're kind of close to an hour. Uh, usually, usually we ask like if you have any parting thoughts and yeah, any words of wisdom to our mm. one or two listeners. Words of wisdom. Well, wait to buy a Nintendo Switch until they come out with a newer version probably next year. <laughs> Thinking about buying. Just hold off. I'm very delayed gratification myself, so I could have done it if I didn't buy a Switch a year ago. Um, you know, I think that's the most wisdom I've got. I, I would, <laughs> um, yeah, I would say, you know what, being a jack of all trades or a Jill of all trades is the right thing to be. I think a lot of, especially like, you know, let's say your one or two audience members are a younger audience and they're still like figuring out what they want to do. Like, you know, um, you don't have to pigeonhole yourself and become an expert if you, if you don't want to, if, if, uh, you know, public speaking is interesting, but writing's interesting, but like, you know, 
uh, the arts, but it is interesting, but I'm also into this and that, you know, there's, it's amazing where a lot of jobs or, you know, passions or hobbies that you have um, can be multifaceted. You know, a lot of us aren't just doing the same thing that requires one skill every day. So being able to kind of flex all of those muscles will, will come, come in handy for you. And so um, I think it just takes a following your interests and, you know, if you try something and you royally suck, I have done many of things like I, I joined an adult softball league thinking I would kick butt because everyone else were like dads with their like beer gut, you know, and I was like, I play tennis, I can hit a ball, but turns out I can't really run. <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you can try stuff, suck, and that's a part of the learning journey because then it gets you just a little bit closer to really knowing who you are and um, letting that kind of expand your, your opportunities for yourself. So don't be afraid to suck either. Amazing. And also, what, uh, what's your favorite song to sing along to? Oh, man. Well, you know, my friends and I, the one that I can get them on is um, Mamma Mia, you know, and but I, I would say for myself, my karaoke go to I'm a soprano. And I think a lot of people don't realize if you have a high voice, like everyday pop songs are not high enough. Ariana Grande hits high notes, but she's kind of in that mezzo place. So I my karaoke go to. <laughs> Um, our songs uh, from Frozen, like for the first time in forever, because she's got that like fruity little high Disney princess voice. Absolutely, Hugh, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are you Elsa or Anna? We we can we can. <laughs> I'm a baritone now, but good. when I was in the choir, when oh. I was in the Phoenix Boys Choir, I used to be a first soprano. The Phoenix Boys mm. Choir. Um, um, mm. Yes. Oh. We're in a classic yeah, baritone. Is a cool place to be. <laughs> Yeah, good time. Hello. Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah, soprano's fun because then you always get to sing like the the main parts. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would say usually the fruity Disney songs are where I like to flex. <laughs> um, fun fact number two, actually, we're at the end, but I was, um, I don't think you knew, I was Elsa for um, a summer or two uh, for Children's Disney or for children's birthday parties, I was a, um, a snowflake di uh, ice queen or something like that, the unbranded Elsa. You might, you might have mentioned it. Yeah. And I, yeah, yeah, I got paid to just sing and play like ice games and the kids really believed you were Elsa because they're like six years old. <laughs> I remember you were, I remember you were mentioning like, they would ask like, oh, how did you make it here? And you'd have to like make up something. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So the, the kids would be like, you know, how, how did you get from Arendelle to Corvallis, Oregon? And, I, you know, because we would have to park a couple of blocks away. I had a friend who was Anna. And um, so we'd come over and I'd say, oh, yes, I had to take my ship all the way from Arendelle. It's, it's you know, it's parked just around the corner. And I'd tell them, you know, Olaf would love to be here, but my, my ice powers don't work here. So, you know, my snow flurry, you know, doesn't work. So I brought you a stuffed animal of Olaf. He wanted to give this to you. Like you had to come up with all the BS. You had to be on your ish because um, little kids know more about Frozen than you ever will. So wow. we had like a lot of like stuff we came up with um, to explain amazing. why we were there. 
<laughs> this like yeah, for some so reason brings up <laughs> just a little bit of context about why you know i might sing a fruity disney uh princess <laughs> song <laughs> then for some reason that that whole you know building out and crafting audible stories to just make kids happy was it brought up the question of when did your parents or did they ever tell you that santa wasn't real <laughs> so when i had an older sibling come on i knew that <laughs> <laughs> i remember she ruined me. that for me long ago <laughs> I, just, I don't remember how old i was but i just remember going up to like dad or mom and i just like is santa real and i was just inside i just i just <gasps> asked it i was like is santa real you felt it I, and then dad went no <laughs> and I just remember like I, I still sometimes think about it. I'm like of all things you could have said there you just went no he I think will it was never dad. I think mom, mom was not cold mom's not cold parted dad though. <laughs> yeah he, dad's from his, frozen his dad, sure. is a, his dad is a historian ah uh, so yeah so let me tell you about saint nicholas <laughs> <laughs> that man was actually a creep <laughs> oh, oh my man. gosh well <laughs> yeah, that's amazing <laughs> he, he he's he's a character that's for sure uh yeah. but yeah so with that i i i love you all but the suns game is starting because you know suns in four gotta go rep it never gonna be back in the playoffs ever again or the finals so gonna right cut this on. one long short well we hit the time <laughs> great um heather you're incredible thank you so much for coming on to another episode of the moon tea podcast you're seriously so cool oh yeah, my goodness nice to meet you, Hugh. everybody i do not remember the exact thing but hey go to fiverr and it's heather mk resumes <laughs> yeah heather mk resume you got and, it and it's soon to be <laughs> mk resumes once the url.com is gonna be live hey and hey. with that we are here to talk about craft community and building meaningful careers and i guess today about deal breakers and relationships or red flags and other <laughs> so with that <laughs> tune in next week thanks for chopping in Bye. Peace. Bye.